Any way you look at it from a financial perspective, this is a win for the organization and it's something they have to address certainly before summer of 2022. Welcome to The Wrap, Resourceive as a Podcast. I'm Nick Cressy, Managing Director of Strategic Partnerships, joined by our President Kyle Hall. This podcast will feature conversations with guests ranging from industry thought leaders to private equity operators and technology innovators, all with an aligned focus on delivering business outcomes. Whether you're an operating partner at a private equity firm, a CIO, or other business leader, tune in weekly as we share insights from the expanding playing field of digital transformation. Today, we're talking with Max Sibler, VP of Mobility and IoT at Medtel. And of all things, we're talking about POTS. POTS. We're talking about POTS. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Wrap, Max Sibler, VP of Mobility and IoT at Medtel. What's going on today, Max? Oh, everything good. Everything's peachy here. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk a little mobility. We're going to talk some POTS, believe it or not. But let's start with kind of your background and tell us a little bit about Mettel. Sure. So, I mean, my background, I've been in technology and communication for about 30 years now. Seems like yesterday when I started, but I started out back in satellite communication, which was the original wireless back in the day, little company called GTE back then, their SpaceNet division, kind of moved my way through industry, moved into cellular or mobility, and then joined Mettel about 10 years ago. Uh, Metel really is an organization provides advanced services, whether it be security technology products or network-based communication products, to a group of around 5,000 customers, so about 5,000 corporations, everything from medium-sized businesses to large enterprise, as well as the federal government. Very cool. And let, let's talk a little bit about the MVNO space. Now everyone knows your AT&Ts, your Verizons, your T-Mobile. Tell us about your angle and kind of the benefits of working with an MVNO. Sure. So I think from from our perspective, we're really the largest business MVNO in the country today. That really means that you've got that value of economies of scale. We're one of the largest buyers of Verizon Wireless or AT&T services on the mobile side. And then there's all the element of layered value-added services that are included with how we implement devices, whether it be smartphones or backup 4G or, or 5G backup data connections out in the field. And so, so it provides that extra layer of what businesses really need, not just a plan and a device. Absolutely. What are the macro trends you're seeing right now in the space? Now, of course, the biggest macro trend is 5G's coming, right? Are you guys already seeing the emergence? Oh, for sure. So I, I would say kind of like turn on the news. You know, the biggest macro trends are, you know, the great resignation. So you've got these huge masses of workforces moving from one organization to another. The other one, of course, being what the FAA and the airlines are fighting over the carrier spectrum for what's called C-band 5G. I think both of those kind of drive back into the overall trend, which is we're seeing a lot of organizations that prior to now, didn't see any real value in transitioning to newer devices to gain 5G access. Now, re-looking at it and saying, you know, what value am I really going to get out of, you know, deploying brand new 5G devices to end users in the field? And the, the C-band 5G is really going to drive that because it's kind of delivering what the carriers uh, promised us in those pretty TV commercials about two years ago. So kind of a real 5G. So that, that, that's definitely 
driving adoption, the the need for companies to retain good talent as they're trying to hire back is driving that trend as well because they want that seamless metal experience of a device in the hands of a new user. But but one of the most unique trends right now, and you wouldn't expect it from wireless, is how we're using wireless technology to replace aging infrastructure like copper, like old POTS lines or plain old telephony service that's actually becoming end of life. And I think a lot of customers may not know that, but you if you don't think you have POTS lines in your infrastructure and environment today, I got some bad news for you. If you have a building with lights on, it means you've got a CO from the fire marshal, it means you've got POTS lines. If you're in healthcare and you're still using fax machines to transmit HIPAA compliant data, you've got you've got POTS line. If you've got an elevator in your building, you've got a POTS line. And, and those services are actually finally being decommissioned by the underlying carriers. The, the FCC finally gave them the go-ahead to start shutting those services off. So it's really an important moment in infrastructure where we have to start planning for how are we going to replace those services with something that has cost stability long-term and something that, that's, that's essentially future-proof for organizations. Yeah, it's been a huge area of opportunity for us because the thing is, you know, when the FCC told these providers that, hey, you can you can start turning it off, you can start retrograding it, you know, what they their first approach to it was, well, let's mark up the end, let's mark it up, let's force the end customers off of it. And you know, it's like it's like you said, if you don't think you have pot, you do. Well, most people weren't looking at those bills, right? They were going from a hundred dollars a line to I've seen cases of it six, seven, eight hundred dollars a line. Yeah. You know, you're talking a pretty massive cost increase on something that no one was watching. You know, so we've we've seen it as a huge area of opportunity to create expense reduction for for our clients. But even more so, like we're kind of talking about digital transformation and pots in the same conversation. I don't think those two have been used in the same conversation too often. You know, it's kind of POTS was just there. What are you guys doing to it? Kind of how, how are you all approaching it? So I think there's a couple areas. That, I mean, the way we're really approaching it is we're trying to future-proof the technology. The way to really future-proof a technology is not just to pick a single path. So when we come in to replace existing POTS services, we're really looking at what is the underlying service, what technology today can best serve it. We're really using an appliance that I almost think of it as a Swiss army knife, it could really do a lot of different things. So for some customers, it's just about replacing those tones that fire alarms and burglar alarms sent back to monitoring stations. For some customers, it's really about removing the entire process of having to rip and replace infrastructure. That's a very costly process, both for internal manpower costs, as well as for actually eliminating services and installing new services. But looking at it as what other services or appliances are already in place that could potentially be aggregated and consolidated under this, you know, Swiss army knife type of appliance. And for some customers, it's not only POTS, it's also things like wireless backup routers that they had in place used for other services like backing up their network in case of emergency that this new appliance can replace. And when I say, you know, not picking a single path, the way we implement the appliances, we'll implement it with two 4G connections already active in the appliance. So you can literally 
plug it in and it, it can give you dial tone for, for all intents and purposes or whatever you want to use it for. But then you can also plug in a broadband connection to it. So, so now you can actually use a wireline existing broadband connection with the device and use uh, 4G for backup services in the same appliance or same implementation. So, so you're really implementing a new solution that's replacing aging technology, but you're also implementing it in a way that has greater resiliency and much, you know, much more focus towards future-proofing in case you do change out your, your broadband connectivity in the future. The appliance can really continue to work with it long-term. And of course, at a fixed cost, at a cost that's predictable every month, which, as you said, that's been one of the biggest problems. As these carriers are decommissioning their copper lines, the way they're forcing customers off is they're literally doubling and tripling the cost per month for these services. When you start to think of a large installed base of copper lines, you could literally blow out an IT budget in about six months, an annual IT budget in six months, if you're not thinking now on how you're going to replace those services for the long term. Yeah, I'm curious, how, what are you seeing in your, I mean, I guess your customer base kind of self-selective because they're probably doing this already, but in prospects that you're talking to, how are you, how are you seeing them respond to this? I'll tell you from my perspective, I'm not seeing IT teams being incredibly proactive with this, given the expenses that you talked about and just like, it is going away. Like you have to do something about it. I'm kind of surprised that I don't see them being, being proactive. I mean, obviously it's, pretty challenging for IT departments to be proactive about things, right? Just the tyranny of the now that they have. But I guess, what are you seeing out in the market? Because it seems like, you know, I mean, I don't want to say impending doom, but I mean, this this is coming and you have to do something about it. So so I think I think you have two categories of customers. One is the multi-state, multi-location customer. And those are typically the most proactive because in one of their territories, they've already received the disconnect notice from the carrier. So they're kind of taking a step back and saying, let's look at the environment. This is coming. This is real. You know, this isn't some kind of scare tactic. We have to get ahead of this. We have to have a real plan to move services over before the disconnect. And again, the, not, not to be very, you know, kind of doom and gloom, but the FCC will allow carriers to start physically cutting services, whether you want to or not, this coming summer. So you're talking around July timeframe. They're going to start doing some serious cuts. And the way they do that is they actually shut down the plants that feed the dial tone through copper to those end users. So it's it's real and it's happening. The multi-state, multi-location customers see that right away because they've received those disconnect notices. The other customers that haven't received the disconnect notice, they, they typically want to understand what's involved with the transition and we want to walk them through it. Step one is actually almost a back-end bill change. We're going to move their existing POTS lines from the underlying carrier under Metel's wholesale contracts. That allows us to immediately stabilize the rates, step one. And secondly, allows us to buy some time because these deployments don't happen in a matter of days and sometimes months on large deployments. Because Metel has wholesale agreements for POTS services, for years after the due date that's been given by the FCC, we, we can actually do this in a much more methodical planned rollout and not just kind of operate around that, you know, doomsday summer of 2022 timeline. So we once we show them that we can first move them under our multi-year 
wholesale contracts for POTS line services that will continue to operate well beyond the July timeframe. We then show them how the technology works. We typically choose a location, do a POC, a proof of concept for that location, show them how the device is installed, how the line has moved over, if it is if it is a port or activating services in that new location is just deactivating the old POTS line service, and then how we're going to replicate that throughout all their sites so that they get a good comfort level for how the technology works. And at that point, they, they're starting to also pull data and making this a primary project because they're realizing that, that it's coming and we have to kind of get in front of it and start planning for it. It sounds like you're taking a fair amount of the execution of the actual project and the migration off of the IT team. Is that accurate? It's 100% accurate. Once we have all the data, we're really able to both provide a plan for an immediate transition under our wholesale agreement. So give that stability, that price stability back to the organization. But then, of course, we're planning out and we're actually handling everything from truck roll, from sending technicians out to do the installs, to do the turnups, to do the disconnects of the older services with the underlying carriers if they haven't moved over as part of the transition. It really is low impact for uh, the IT team within the organization. And, and we really want to build this out as a project until completion. We don't want to keep having to go back and forth between IT. So, so definitely not resource heavy for IT teams. And lastly, we work with a lot of private equity firms. Private equity firms care a lot about money and obviously operational efficiencies. This is a tough one to get to land at their doorstep and them really care about. But I, I think your guys' pitch of the wholesale aggregation and providing the flexibility to these portfolio companies is really valuable. You know, I, I don't know if you have anything from a beyond what you've said that would really resonate with uh, operation finance folks. Yeah, so I think to achieve cost savings consistently, uh, there's two elements, obviously. There's the element of efficiency of how you implement technology in the field, and then how you maintain the technology long-term. And we handle that piece of it because we handle the entire deployment process from truck roll to installation to decommissioning of existing services that are no longer in use so they don't end up on another bill on a go-forward basis. And we also handle it on day two. We're actually monitoring these devices out in the field. And when one breaks, we're proactively also managing the replacement in the case that that happens. So from the operational perspective, instead of relying on either additional internal resources or tasking internal IT resources, you're essentially outsourcing the entire operation without having to pay for it. And then secondly, by stabilizing your monthly cost for the service that's a necessary required service in just about every building that the entity has, you really are generating savings. We obviously get economies of scale because we're a very large wholesaler. So however we implement services, whether for the 4G connections that are embedded in these units or broadband connectivity that we could provide customers with as well, you're always going to get the economies of scale of better savings. And of course, you're getting the efficiency of us doing everything from the original project rollout, as well as the day two support and maintenance and replacements and all the elements that, that come along with it. So I think just from a from a financial operational perspective, running a business myself, those are really the the key components I look for. Is kind of like whose problem is it on day one? 
Whose problem is it on day two? And then what's the overall savings program that I'm going to get out of this? And the one thing I always remind everyone in finance is this is one of those rare product categories or service categories where being on a month-to-month contract is a really bad thing. This is where you want to stabilize your cost over an annual or a multi-year contract to lock in a rate because what's happening today is a lot of these organizations that are already out of contract operating on a month-by-month contract. That's, that's kind of what you guys alluded to earlier, that they all of a sudden see a $60, $70 a month POTS line go up to $400, $500 just because now the FCC is allowing these carriers to, to essentially set whatever price they want to force you off the technology. So any way you look at it from a financial perspective, this is a win for the organization. And it's something they have to address, certainly before summer of 2022. One other thing, Max, so you know, one of the things we run into, especially with the multi-state is, and multi-city, there's, there's regulations that come into play here, right? Because it, some cities are requiring POTS lines, some states are requiring POTS lines. You know, it's something that is, you, you mentioned it, but I mean, it's a required service in a lot of instances. What is, what is that looking like? Are, are municipalities, you know, falling in behind the FCC and kind of changing those regulations? And what is that timeline? I think it, it really comes down, and it's not even municipalities. Sometimes it's county by county. They mm-hmm. are adopting, you know, the way we built the solution actually doesn't necessarily interfere with any local regulation or change of local regulation as far as it relates to things like fire alarms or bur- burglar alarms. Because we learned a long time ago, and we, and we do service the federal government as well, we learned a really long time ago that just because the carriers are decommissioning POTS lines doesn't mean every fire marshal in the country is going right. to you know, get on board with it tomorrow. They're kind of, no, 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 you got to have copper POTS lines, even if you go back and tell them, but there are no copper POTS lines left. So we've built the solution in a way that from a regulatory perspective doesn't put you in non-compliance, and that's important because ultimately businesses need to, to solve for what this is, which is a technology challenge. The counties will eventually catch up. I think they're being very open and patient, knowing that there's a transformation taking place right now. But I think in the meantime, it's important to note, you're not going to run into a lot of these situations because we're really not rolling out these new services in a way that's actually creating any kind of regulatory hurdle that you're going to have to overcome. We really are just replacing the way you're transmitting the signals. We're not interfering with the system in which the signals are being generated in the first place, which is really what fire marshals, for example, are concerned about. Got it. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. This has been great. Again, it is kind of funny to think about POTS and digital transformation, but it, it fits in there. And of course, it's great to hear the continued success in the mobile space. Before we get you out of here, I'd like to ask two quickies on the way out. One is what's one piece of tech you can't live without? You can't say your phone. Anything, <laughs> else? Anything else? Well, I guess the only other thing, and, and this is where I'm kind of weird. So I have an Android phone, which mm-hmm. everybody makes fun of me for because I'm the guy in the group text that turn in the green bubble. Green, man. But I do, to kind of redeem myself, I'm actually talking to you right now on my MacBook Pro, which I cannot live without. So I'm a little, I'm a little mixed when it comes to technologies. But yeah, my MacBook Pro, I kind of live and breathe by. Awesome. And then lastly, 
We've been doing this podcast long enough that at one point we were making people money on tech stocks. Now, not so much. But if you have anything, crystal ball, is there any thematic, any stock out there that you think is worth taking a look at? I mean, there's 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 a bigger one that was just in the news, which I've been using for years now, which is Clary, which is an over-the-top Salesforce engine to essentially be able to make sense of everything that's in Salesforce. That I think I think I saw yesterday they went back to NASDAQ and like raise another 75 million, but it's just it's just a great product. Like the AI piece of scoring on opportunities actually works really well. And I've been using it for about two years now. So I'm definitely big into that. The other one, I just like stuff that's kind of like taking technology that used to be done in like an antiquated way and making something cool out of it. And a friend of mine actually started a company and went public called Beyond Air or XAir, I think is the symbol. And they actually convert air into nitric oxide. So you don't need those big tanks at all, uh, at all the hospitals. So for me, stuff like that, where you're using technology to really kind of replace the old with new is fun, is fun to look at. Yeah, that's very cool. I've never heard of Beyond Air. I got to check that out, man. Sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. This was great. That's a wrap. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Pots, Kyle. Plain old telephone services. Man, it's funny. We've been hearing about these tariffs. It sounds like, or it feels like for, for two years, three years. It's finally here. It's upon us. And it's funny, when we talk to IT leaders, it's kind of been that mosquito buzzing around. Well, now you're about to get bit if you don't get this fixed. Are you seeing people finally lean into this? I know you alluded to the fact that it's still not pressing on the agenda. But whether you like it or not, you got to make a switch. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think most people acknowledge they have to do something about it. I mean, in general, people have been trying to get off of copper, you know, in their networks, at least for a while. And like you mentioned, this is still out there, you know, and Max mentioned it, too, even with what they come in to do, you know, he said, well, look, the client still they have to get the data, right? They've got to get the data because for for Metel or any other POTS aggregator to pull it over or POTS wholesaler to pull it over. The client fundamentally has to be able to say, hey, here are the POTS lines in my environment, and here's the numbers that are associated with them. You know, and that's kind of the challenge for a lot of companies is they don't always have that data, surprisingly. And so that's where we come in, you know, because we're going in and pulling a, pulling a full inventory. And at this point, it has become so easy to produce savings in the POTS areas. It almost always falls into you know, the immediate impact area of our opportunity review when we come back to clients after we look at the data. I mean, it's, it's just there. It's a, it's a known opportunity to get savings. So we're, we're coming back and, and, you know, pretty much immediately recommending that, that we do something about that. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say at scale. Think about a company, everyone's got them, right? But call it over 50 locations. There's going to be enough of a mess and you hit it on the head. We're going to go in, get that full visibility. And this is 45 to 60 days, getting them over to a month to month, sometimes annual contract, but a lot of flexibility. And then we get to work with them collaboratively and determine what's this look like for the three to five year transformation. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I was joking about it in the intro, you know, talking about pots. It's funny because for, you know, three or four years, we've been 
you know, talking digital transformation and things that are transformative in nature, this is the nuts and bolts of something that has to happen. You know, there's just not really any escaping it. We obviously, from a cerebral standpoint, much prefer to be working on things that are transformative, but this is something that has to happen in everybody's environment. And we're having a lot of success in running these projects and seeing immediate expense reduction. We did, you know, we did one last year that was 70% expense reduction on, on this area. You know, and that was a combination of us finding some stuff that need to be turned down, as well as applying wholesale rates. So, you know, this is this is an area of opportunity and one that we're working with pretty much every one of our clients on. Awesome. Well, we'll be back again next week to share more. Thanks for listening to The Wrap, Resourceive as a Podcast. For more information about Resourceive and how we are creating value for our clients, find us at resourceive.com or reach out to us directly at therap at resourceive.com.